The Green Bay Packers and Pittsburgh Steelers square off on Sunday in a battle of two teams that can never get going until the second half in a game where the best thing on either team is the Steelers' defense and the worst thing on either team is the Steelers' offense. So how does this cash out? How does this matchup look? Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers joins me for a crossover Thursday that starts right now. You are Locked On Packers. Daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Let's jump right into our Crossover Thursday with Chris Carter. Hello and welcome to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your hosts, Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers, Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers, and we are breaking down this big matchup on Sunday. Two teams from the North Divisions of East Conference facing off yet again. A reminder, this show, as always on Crossover Thursdays, is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code all lowercase LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Peter, we both cover young quarterbacks looking to prove themselves in the NFL. And I'm assuming your fan base is that you deal with is just as crazy as the fan base that I deal with about the rises and falls of said quarterbacks. Yeah, maybe more. I don't know. I mean, I, I I can't I can't speak for for the mentions that you see on Twitter or the comments that you get on the show. But I mean, it is it is crazy. And and for you, this is year two of it. At least for me, this is year one of the starter Jordan Love. <laughs> but at the same time, Chris, the the comments going back to 2020. I mean, we're in year four of the snide comments, especially from you know the deep Aaron Rodgers fans who are like, this is nonsense. We should have T Higgins. So all of that complicates all of this. And that makes that makes this matchup really fascinating because, you know, Kenny Pickett, we talked about this on Locked On Sports today, right? Like, looks great in the preseason, mm-hmm. does not translate that to the NFL. If you if you want any nope. example of the preseason being fake AF, uh, Kenny Pickett <laughs> is exhibit A, right? So the, the Packers are trying to find themselves. The, the Steelers are trying to find themselves. And this is a battle of who can suck less in the first half, it seems like right now, because both of these teams absolutely are dog water in the first half. Absolutely. But then kind of come alive in the second half. I mean, there was this great next-gen stat, Chris. I don't know if you saw this. The Deontay Johnson touchdown cast Im- improved their win probability 25%. Imagine one play <laughs> swinging your win probability 20 But That's how all of these games have gone. And I don't I don't understand how they're doing it outside of just like, hey, Mike Tomlin is it. Um, But it, it does seem like, Mike Tomlin is defending his quarterback, right? He's saying, look, look, like I I know quarters one through three are not great, but like talk to me, basically scoreboard, right? Like talk to me in the fourth quarter when we're winning these games. Yeah, he was actually pretty defiant when asked about the first and the three quarters. And that's more so 
Tomlin being a master at the podium and saying, I'm not going to bash the quarterback that we hope transforms into the franchise guy. I'm trying to build unity here. So don't ask me those questions. And it was, it was, that was a really funny moment for sure. We do not care. Exactly. We do not care. He has so many moments like that, that he, that he has, he had a moment with me earlier this season, but also to your point that how the Steelers have won this way. They did this last year, even when Mitch Trubisky was, was quarterback. They did this the year before when Ben was just the old man hanging on to his last year in the NFL. The Steelers have found this formula to win with meh quarterback play. Now, what has gotten them over the top this year is that Kenny Pickett and the t- in the tail end of last year, Kenny Pickett does turn it on in the fourth quarter, and we'll get to the fourth quarter. But I wanted to ask you, as far as Jordan Love, what are the biggest things that have people excited about Jordan Love in Green Bay and biggest things that worry people about Jordan Love? I mean, you see the flashes of the arm talent. We saw it last mm-hmm. week against the Rams. There are a couple throws that he makes that are just like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. There's, there's one throw he makes um on a on a flood concept with pressure in his face three-quarter sidearm sling 20 yards on a line on an outbreaking route perfectly in stride to Dontavian Wicks who's a really exciting young rookie out of Virginia number 13 if your audience not familiar with him get familiar um he is he seems to be having a bigger role in this offense every week there are a couple throws against the Rams where you're just like this is it in rhythm absolute dots outside the numbers driving the ball a third and 17 conversion a little squirrel route, a little out, up, and stop, mm-hmm. and and they get a conversion in the two minute. But then the play before that, Chris, he takes a terrible sack uh, when three guys are open, and he looks at all three of them. Now there's a weird offensive line thing; they kind of screw up a game, and the offensive tackle basically steps on Jordan Love's feet. But like the ball should have been out, and so that's the that's the give and take. You see mm-hmm. the the flashes of the like. Oh yeah, there's there's stuff here. He's made some runs this year. Set up a touchdown in the fourth quarter comeback against the Saints on a 20 with a 25-yard scramble. The athleticism that he's showing makes you really excited about what the upside here is and and the versatility to his game. But the inaccuracies, there's some inconsistency with ball placement and and the deep ball is it is really it's really tough right now. And it was it was not great in college. I was explaining this to a media friend the other day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great in college, but over like a three-game sample, let's say he goes three for nine, but the three are absolute, like jaw-dropping guys draped all over the receiver right in the bucket. I don't know that he's got one of those this year. And so yeah. we're, we're not seeing the, and some of that is just noise, right? Deep deep throws, like you're happy if you're completing 40% of deep throws. But we're, we're not, he's not even close on some of these. And, mm. and that's the thing that's like, okay, it, it's a little bit emblematic of, all the parts of his game where like just get a little better there and you'd really have something. Um, I guess I, I want to know that I want the same question on Kenny Pickett. Like, give me it, what's because especially just from like, can you, can you give me an answer without saying anything about like moxie and toughness and grit and determination and clutch? Is there, is there like a skill that you can point to? That's not yeah. one of those soft skills. That's the thing. I, I think these guys are very similar with where they are right now. Like there was a play, there there, were, there was a pass uh, Thursday night. I'm covering that game against the Titans. Deontay Johnson runs an out wide open, five yards. Kenny Pickett sails it, and you're just like, mm-hmm. oh boy, it's one of those nights. Then about a quarter later, Deontay Johnson, it's third down. They need to move the chains. He just hits a go route one on one. Cornerback presses him to the sideline. Kenny Pickett puts it in the bucket, 32 yards downfield, and you're just yeah. like, okay, what? What was what was that over there and what's this over here? And it's just but I think it's a realization that a lot of people you need to be reminded of is that 
young quarterbacks take time to develop consistency. Like yeah. a young young Ben Roethlisberger, you know, was was wildly inconsistent. But what made him good was that his arm talent, his size, his ability, and his moxie all fit enough to say, hey, we can make up for the lack of in- lack of consistency in these parts over here because he's going to do these things over there. We just got a game plan around it. And I think that's where both of these quarterbacks are. They're both trying to figure out what can they do consistently well? How can they see the field? And I think when Kenny Pickett's on, like when everything is clicking, he will see through your defense. And that is where that's where I've seen like when he locks in, there's times like like Early in games, he will not understand how to beat a cover three. And it's like, what's what's going on there? And then all of a sudden, he's like, okay, that's the inverted cover two. And you're going here. You're faking this. And I'm going to this guy over here. He's going to be wide open. And right. you're like, what, what, what is that? And I it's, think the whole thing is it's, it's a young team thing because yes. Tucker Craft was asked about this, the third round pick from, from um, the, the Packers' most recent draft class. And he was asked about this. Why, why are you so bad in the first half, basically? And they're a top three offense by EPA per play, by success rate, like pick a metric. They're top three in all of them in the second halves of these games. And I joked that the, the Steelers are basically the Packers if the Packers also took the third quarter off. Um, and so he said, well, we know what to expect by then. We see how right. they're going to play us. And I'll give you a great example, Chris. First drive against Denver. And my, my listeners are sick of hearing this anecdote, but I just love this anecdote. <laughs> First drive against Denver. The Packers come out in 11 personnel expecting the Broncos to match personnel and they don't Hmm. they've got two run it runs called on the play sheet they call them both nothing to get out of it no cans and they run they they didn't match personnel so they come out in base and now you're running into a suboptimal like not even just like not a good look a worse look than you were than you would normally get like if you're matching base for base at least you have like for like right And they didn't have a way to get out of it. We've seen the last few weeks with this young team simplifying things. Okay, that's one thing. But you have to have some answers. And so we're seeing more cans. We're seeing more RPO. And then this last week against the Rams, now, oh, now, pre-snap motion, orbit motion, return motion. You've got 21 personnel, 12 personnel, 22 22 personnel, which, by the way, is so fun. Um, And, like, it starts to look like you expect it to look. And I kind of, I kind of think the Steelers are in a similar position where it's just like, okay, all the stuff we're trying to run, like let's, let's execute. And then in the fourth quarter, you just have to go do something, just go make a play. And I think that's where young teams are often going to excel when it's like, let's stop thinking and let's just go make a play. Both these teams are so young, um, especially in the pass catching batteries. I think that's this is going to be the same kind of game where like in the third quarter, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen in this game. And then the fourth quarter, there's going to be like 28 points scored and we're going to have a blast. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. I want to talk about these defenses, though, because that's also a factor here. And both these teams have a very publicly hated coordinator from these fan bases. <laughs> we're going to compare those two and see who's even more hated. Well, all that and more here on Crossover Thursday here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. Chris Carter and Peter Pukowski will stick with us. We have a lot more. Never go into a game without the right supplies, the right sustenance. You need fuel for these games, burgers, wings. Those are my preferred fuels. But if you're a Packer fan traveling to the game, going to Pittsburgh, or you're just around and you're going to the game in the Pittsburgh area, you know what you should get on DoorDash? Some Permani Brothers. That stuff. Hey. Oh, oh my goodness. That stuff goes real hard. And they're on DoorDash. Did you know that? They're on DoorDash. And they'll just... They'll deliver you these monster sandwiches that you're just like, I don't, 
are there five more people coming? I don't know, but I'm going to finish it. I promise I'll finish it. And right now you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. If you're not on DoorDash, get on DoorDash when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKED23. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Get those fries too. Subject to change and terms do apply. We also thank everyone for making Locked On Packers or Locked On Steelers your first listen every day. Football season is here. And Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. That means Locked On Packers and Locked On Steelers. Host Anitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchups, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Back here on Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Steelers meets Locked On Packers. Chris Carter, Peter Bukowski. Peter, let's talk about these defenses real quick Mm -hmm. because, you know, the Packers, we'll get to Joe Barry in a minute, but they come into (laughs) this game with a defense that, Overall, statistically, looks decent. You see, tenth, tenth, uh, tenth in scoring, eleventh in, yep. in, yard, in yards allowed. What does this defense do well, or is there anything about this defense that you think they're doing deceptively well that could come back to bite them? Yeah, I, I think a couple of these. You know, you look at total yardage numbers, total points numbers. That stuff can be a little misleading. Like the the Broncos, the Raiders are among the teams that they played. Some like teams that just like aren't very good, um, but. Those teams have looked better the last couple of weeks. At least Denver has, um, to be sure. The, the run defense was the problem and has been the problem for like five years, except it hasn't been lately. Um, they locked down the Rams. They locked down the Vikings. Um, now, those are not great run teams, but that hadn't mattered <laughs> to, to Joe Barry and his defenses. Prior to that, you could be the worst uh, run offense in the league and you were going to put up 150 yards on this team. They were not gap sound. They did not create negatives. And that's a big thing that has changed. They are creating more negative plays for opposing offenses, getting guys in second and long, in third and long situations. Although, you know, no one loves to turn um, second and 18 into third and four like a Joe Barry defense. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Or or third and 18 into fourth and let's go for it. Um, that That's going to happen too. That happens two or three times a game, it seems like. Uh, it's It's very frustrating. They play this bend but don't break style. But I'm, I'm telling you, man, this is this is really fascinating because the Packers have the one of the worst blitz packages in the league. Hmm. Like it is really not very good at all. But like by by success rate, last in the league. <laughs> like when they blitz, it's it's really bad. But when they rush four, they're a top hmm. ten defense by EPA per play and a top five defense by sack rate. And so when I, I looked up the numbers and I said, okay, how often are teams blitzing the Steelers? They're not because they don't have to, because you can get home with four. You can create pressure with four. This is a bottom five. Look at the pro football focus numbers. Look at the, the pass rush win weight numbers, or just cut on the tape and look at a group that has, has some struggles in, in the pass blocking game. And so uh, to me, this is going to be a chance for the Packers. Their front four, they've got some dogs in that group. Carl Brooks is a rookie 
who's playing mm-hmm. really, really good football from Bowling Green. Liked so from that, 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 that part of the world, kind of. Russ Belt, for sure. Um, Lucas Van Ness, the rookie, came on last week, had a really nice day. Rashawn Gary is a bad, bad man. Um, five pressures by himself last week against the Rams in a game where they didn't even throw the ball that many times. Um, he is uh, leading the league in pressure rate in true pass sets. One out of three times, you drop back to pass in a true pass set, he is getting a pressure. That's how good he's been this Jeez. season. He's ahead of Miles Garrett in that stat. He leads the league in that stat. So um, that's where I think the Packers are going to have to have this advantage to press that advantage. It's going to be about explosives. If they can prevent explosive plays, and that's what in the fourth quarter the Steelers dine on, is creating that that moment where you can jumpstart the offense. If they can prevent that, that's where you really have a chance to win this game. Here's the question I want to ask you, Chris. Sure. So the Packers found something last week against the Rams. These heavy personnel groupings because they Mm -hmm. wanted the Rams in base. Keep your linebackers on the field and we're going to light you up. Run game, pass game didn't matter. They did both. Here's the problem. The Steelers want to live in base. They want you to try and beat them in base. Absolutely. Right now, we're talking about one of the worst teams in the league by EPA per play when they play in nickel and one of the best, the fifth best team in EPA per play in base. Uh, they are last. I don't know if you knew this. Last in explosive play rate in nickel, the Steelers. Hmm. They give up the most, the highest rate of explosive plays in nickel coverage. Presumably, that's because Patrick Peterson, Chan Sullivan, Levi Wallace, whoever's been on the field opposite Joy Porter Jr., just not playing great football. And so yeah, if, you were the, if you were the Packers understanding they found this interesting 22 12 13 21 personnel stuff last week where they got run and pass going how would you attack this pittsburgh defense is it hey let's spread it out and do something maybe we're not as good at but attacking the biggest weakness or hey let's play to our strengths even if it's strength on strength the two things that the or the two teams that have really gave it to the steelers defense this year were the niners and the texans and they did similar things in that they were they did they called plays where they minimized what the steelers edge rushers can do because this defense runs through tj watt and alex highsmith and a lot of people yeah. pay attention to tj watt and they should he's phenomenal he has nine sacks this season he get, he gets after the quarterback but people are starting to realize that alex highsmith is definitely a He's dangerous a guy. Yeah. Like, like a lot of people were looking at that Montez sweat contract and they're looking at the, the money that Alex Highsmith just got paid. And they're like, man, Steelers may got a steal by, by paying, by paying him. He had 10 pressures last week against mm. the Titans. He's been getting into the, getting, getting into the backfield consistently this year. If you look at it, look at it right now on pro football focus, TJ Watt has 39 pressures. That's tied with miles Garrett for, for 11th most in the league. Alex Highsmith is right behind them with 38. So like, when you're beating both your edge rushers doing that, but what the Niners and the and the, and the Texans did very well was they, they used run plays that kind of isolated them that allowed that didn't allow them. They said, "Hey, line, you're, you're off ball linebackers, you go make the play, or your interior defensive lineman, you go make the play." And that's where the Steelers didn't have much of an answer for in either of those games. Now, Sean McVay came out with a similar plan in that game in, in their game against the Rams. It worked for a little bit until the Steelers adjusted. And now they're starting to take those things away from, from, from teams. And I think that's where a big chess match could come in this game. If the Packers are able to find a way to say, hey, let's call some screens in these different places, make it to these guys. Let's let's get the ball out quick here. Like Jordan Love's number one objective is to see the defense. If there's off coverage, get the ball there and make it so that the, the edge rushers aren't able to get home. Or if you aren't, if you are calling a play that's going to take time. 
Matt is going to need to make sure that there is max protection to, to, to protect yeah. Jordan Love. Or if he trusts the Packers offensive line enough, say, hey, we're just trusting you guys to make sure that those guys don't get home. But that's been the main way to beat the Steelers defense. I will say this. Joey Porter Jr. has truly stepped up in being he's, that guy. He's playing so good, dude. He's taking people. He took D Hop, D Hop away in the in the last game so well. He had uh, a game changing interception on Lamar Jackson in the reds in the red zone uh, against the Ravens about a month ago. He's been that guy. The Steelers still though are looking for answers elsewhere. Minka Fitzpatrick did not practice on Wednesday. Mike Tomlin said there's a chance that he could come back late this week. We've heard that that's not a great chance from 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 our guys inside there inside their building. So I'm I'm a little concerned about if I'm the, if I'm the Steelers, I'm looking at hey. The Packers, if they if they find a way to take to take away TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, make them not the big playmakers, and you attack guys like Shannon Sullivan. The Steelers have also been moving Patrick Peterson to the slot a lot more to try to reduce how much he has to use his speed on the outside. Yeah, it's a it's it's weird. It's been very weird, but it's helped them because <laughs> for those of you just listening, I made I made a face. Yes, he made a face, <laughs> and, and and like he was like, hmm, that's peculiar, and it yeah. is because you you wouldn't think that that's something that you would do with pa- no. someone. Patrick Peterson's age but what the Steelers are doing is he's passing off a lot more he's communicating he's pressing at the line and then if they if and then they're trusting hey Patrick Peterson is not going to have to do that for five to six seconds because if a team yeah. if he's doing that that means there's not that many protectors and the the de- defensive pass rush getting home that's where I'm going if I'm the Packers what, what's so fascinating about that is I the the Patrick Peterson inside I, I was thinking this would be true no matter what because Shannon Sullivan in the slot Patrick Peterson in the slot don't care yeah. Jaden Reed, this this rookie from Michigan State. Yes, yes. They have they have been using him as a vertical threat, and so if you're if your slot guys can't run, they're going Very to throw true. over your head. And we've seen him do it. They, they love to run slot fades. They love to run this little the the Dolphins motion. Where you've got that speed motion pre snap where you're either turning two into one or you're turning one into two on that side. They did it last week on third and seven. Really mm-hmm. cool play concept, Chris. If you haven't, if you haven't like watched it, go go watch the first third down of the game. They have trips to one side. They motion Dontavian Wicks toward the trip side and then run him in behind to get a little pick play. Well, the Rams are in zone coverage, so you don't get mm-hmm. a great pick. But now you've got your receiver on a dead sprint and a linebacker trying to stay with him in zone coverage. It's just not going to work. And so they've used this this last couple of weeks. They've used their um, scheme really well. And a big part of that is Jaden Reed from the slot and then Luke Musgrave um, from the slot and from inline as a vertical ball winner. He, on a, on a deep over, um, little cross country, they got a big play last week against the Rams. His speed at his size mm. really, really plays. And Mark Andrews is a name that your, your audience is going to be familiar with. In terms of like, high-end comp upside, that's what he can be in terms of a vertical threat down the field. Tom Pelissero, I love this. I've been using it all season. Called him the biggest fast guy he's ever seen. Um, And so his ability to win vertically, if they can protect, I think there will be opportunities to hit some plays down the field, but you have to, have to, have to, have to protect Jordan Love. I think we're going to see a lot of TJ Watt on the defense's right side against whoever's playing left tackle because Zach Tom for the Packers year two from Wake Forest day three kid is has been awesome. He's been a wall when healthy. Mm. And so it's going to be a lot of TJ Watt against either Rashid Walker or Yash Nyman. And that's the matchup. That's the matchup you got to win. And if the Steelers win that matchup, like we know TJ Watt is good enough to single handedly win this game. 
We know he, he can be also Mike Tomlin said Jaden Reed, the guy you were talking about in the slot there. He yeah. said they, he, they graded him as the most complete slot receiver in this last draft class. So wow. the Steelers are, are well aware of what he brings to the table. I, I liked him a lot too. I thought he was fantastic in the senior bowl. We'll get to more things here. We'll talk about some Matt Canada, Joe Barry talk and fourth quarter magic in a minute here on crossover Thursday here on the locked on podcast network, Chris Carter, Peter, Peter Bukowski stick with us. We'll be right back. Don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical is there for you with life-saving medications that you can put together. Their Jace case can give you five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case, you fill out a simple online form, and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Plus, you can get ongoing care from those physicians on any treatment-related question. This is a doctor-created, doctor-recommended program. There, there are times when we don't always have the ability to plan ahead for our own care. So be prepared when those moments hit you. Chris, I was, I was abroad last summer, and someone I was traveling with needed medication. They needed medical attention. We're like, how are we going to get this? It would have been really nice to have been prepared and had what we needed in advance. And that is what the Jace case can bring you. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at J A S E medical.com. In an uncertain world, it is best to be prepared, and Jace Medical can help you do it. Back here on Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers. Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers. Peter, before we get to the fourth quarter stuff, let's talk about these coordinators, man. Because <laughs> I, I I I have a friend, my friend, my boy Ummer. He's the man. We've been we've been friends for a while. And he says he loves your show. But every time I see Ummer, like he, he's 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 all about sports, but he is all about me. I am so tired of Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. And mm. it is something that I've seen. The more I look at, like, you know, just national talk, Joe Barry is despised by so many Packers fans. But yeah. I don't think that hatred can rival what has become with <laughs> Matt Canada because the Pat McAfee show will go on in Utah getting ready for a Pac-12 matchup between Utah and USC, and there will be people chanting Fire Canada in Utah. And at this point, I get it. It's a meme at this point. It's done for it's done for show. But I was just like, man, like, they really don't like this guy. Is, is the Joe Barry hate at a high level, or do you think this, some of this is overblown by some fans? So I think that one of the reasons the Matt Canada stuff is – as well known in the media as it is, is because it started in college football. Like yeah. college football fans knew Matt Canada was a joke in college football. And so now it's translated into the NFL. Joe Barry, everyone forgot Joe Barry, who was married to the daughter of the head coach he used to work for and, you know, coached the defense on a no one 16 Lions team. Like people forgot that stuff. It's not, he's not famous enough in, even in football circles. So it, he is like nichely hated in in, in Packerlands, <laughs> and there are I would say that there are probably more Joe Barry defenders than Matt Canada defenders. I don't I don't know that I've seen any anyone defending Matt Canada. Not in the national media, not in the local media, not on like Steelers Twitter. That at least that I have seen, there are some people Packers Twitter that are like, hey, listen, 
um, it's not Joe Barry's fault. Players have to play. And I'm, I'm to a degree, I'm sympathetic to that stuff. I actually think um, defense, although it is a weakling system, is much more about the talent that you have than offense. I think like you can you can run whatever offense you want if you've got a lot of really good players. We saw that Mike McCarthy's offense in 2011, not revolutionary, but Aaron Rodgers playing in God mode, plus mm -hmm. Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, <laughs> Donald Driver, Jermichael Finley, Randall Cobb, might have like, a factor. When you just have all of those guys run anything, like you can run bad plays and they'll work because you can just do the thing. And so neither what I see is neither one of these teams offensively has enough talent to overcome bad scheme. And I think that's the problem with Matt Canada on defense. The Packers have enough playmakers to overcome some of the, the, the quote unquote bad stuff. And really right mm -hmm. now, the bad stuff to me is like in the, on the goal line against heavy personnel, the Broncos ran a 13 personnel play. The Packers were in nickel against three oh. tight ends. Yeah. They substituted a tight end, brought in an offensive lineman. The Packers have the opportunity to change personnel and they don't. Guess what, mm -hmm. Chris? They ran the ball in stand-up <laughs> touchdown. Like it's that stuff that makes you go, is anybody home? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> and so like, that's the thing. I, I will tell you this. And I, I think I said this to you on Lockdown Sports today. I don't know if I said mm -hmm. it on the air or off the air, but I was talking to a league source a couple weeks ago. And I said, hey, you know, with this Matt Canada stuff, this was after a particularly ugly Steelers offensive performance. Mm -hmm. Is that is that real? Like, do people in the league think that he's as big a joke as the media does? And he was like, yes, including people in that locker room. And so, like, that, you don't like to hear that. You don't love to hear that. And then you mm -hmm. couple that. We haven't even talked about, like, George Pickens and some of the unhappiness. This is a 2022 receiver class battle. George mm. Pickens versus Christian Watson. A lot of Absolutely. Packer fans are like, hey, we could have had that guy. And then he seems to not be real happy with what's going on. And then so a lot of eh. Packer fans are like, hey, I'm, we're glad we have Christian Watson. Um, yeah. I think both, honestly, I think both teams should be happy with the players that they got. I think both of them, and still both of them have a long trajectory that they can get to. These guys are supremely talented. Um, but yeah, I think, like I said, I think there's more Joe Barry defenders, even though they're small. And Matt Canada, <laughs> I, I think it, Matt, in Matt a way, that's what Canada. defines this game, right? Like, can yeah. can the Steelers' offense score enough points to 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 win? Like, that's that's it. Yeah, uh, I think what's happening though is I think people are starting to realize. I think like it became a meme, like fire Matt Canada, so long that I, I think that some people are starting to realize, like, wait a second, like this actually isn't the problem. Like, like I, I've maintained for for months on this show, the Steelers' play calling isn't this huge problem. There's open guys that just aren't being hit consistently enough, yeah. and it's it's been something that it would help if they could block too. And, and, and that's the other thing, the blocking. Now, Broderick Jones being in, whenever he's been in the game, they've been blocking well. So it makes sense that he's finally a starter, even though we're halfway into the season. That's another gripe that I have with the coaches. But my actual thing I've been saying for a while, Matt Canada's biggest struggles have been getting guys to execute in the game. And when when you look at when you look around, the Steelers even acknowledge it. Like, look, the plays the plays are there, and you saw them. They took him out out of the booth, put him on the sideline. First opening drive touchdown. They were able to they walked right down the field, and they were like, okay, there's something there. It helped. He he was able to help address things on on the field a lot quicker than it would at, in in the booth. Now, can the Steelers build upon that? We'll see. But to me, that's where it's the execution and it's the teaching ability to connect 
what you're trying to put down as a concept on paper, uh, you know, on paper onto the field for the Steelers. That's where the things that things are there. Certainly, I think that Joe Barry doesn't have nearly the uh, the attack radius that uh, that that uh, Matt Canada's haters do. And I'm not again. I'm not even saying Matt Canada doesn't deserve a lot of criticism, but I think it's for the wrong things. And it's going to be very interesting to see because those two will line up against each other. But let's finish with this point: the Steelers in the fourth quarter have been lights out that is when they're they're outscoring teams by a wide margin Kenny Pickett if you looked right now has a hundred and eight point two passer rating in the fourth quarter that would that would that would put him in I believe the top five of full-time starting quarterbacks this this year um actually top four uh he'd be he'd be he'd be right in there no no no, top five excuse me uh top three actually when I'm looking at this I think Deshaun Watson and CJ Stroud are the only two full-time starters who have better passer ratings in the fourth quarter Mm. right now than 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 uh, than Kenny Pickett but I think that one thing that people look at here is they see Kenny Pickett make some of these tough throws and and just all of a sudden put it together. I think that eventually teams are going to start to adjust to him the way they adjust to all quarterbacks who find success. The biggest thing for the Steelers is they're going to have to start hitting earlier. And I think that eventually it's not that the magic's going to wear off. People are going to start to make adjustments late in games that Kenny Pickett's going to have to adjust with as well. Jordan Love doesn't have the major passer rating numbers in the uh, in, in the fourth quarter, but he has scored quite a bit. He's, he's thrown four touchdowns. He's ran for two more. What does Jordan Love do late in games that should threaten the Steelers? It's playmake, and and I think to, to my the point that I made uh, earlier in the show was just like when these young offenses can just go play and not think. It's just it's just freer flowing. It's just a little easier, and. Jordan Love is at his absolute best, although he has playmaking capabilities in terms of like extending plays and throwing on the run and those kinds of things and and the running ability. Him playing in rhythm, that's when he's at his best. So get into the gun and just start firing and not, and stop thinking. Like Matt LaFleur was asked about some of the deep shot stuff and he's like, you know, I, I basically said he's there are these times when he's aiming it and I want him to just throw it. And, and that's the old quarterback thing. Just, you know, don't aim, throw it, don't aim it. And, you know, that is, that is the thing, like in that, that fourth quarter against the the saints, you go back and watch that game. He plays lights out and, and every good decision, every, every throw driving throws down the field. And that's when Jordan love is at his best. We Hmm. saw that earlier against the Rams really um, it started in the second quarter at the end of the half, they got it going. And then third and fourth quarters, um, was was when he was when he was doing his work. He didn't really have to do much in the fourth quarter. But um, I just looked up the numbers. In fact, EPA per play in just the fourth quarter, Steelers are eighth, Packers are tenth. Um, and if you look at dropback EPA per play, so just the throws, um, the, the Steelers are. Let's see, I just had it. Fourteenth, uh, and the Packers are sixteenth. Hmm. No, that's not. That can't be right. No, no, that's right. Um, the Texans are number one in the fourth quarter in EPA per dropback. CJ Shroud doing absolute work. Um, so that that to me is going to decide this game is which team can can be in less of a hole going into the fourth quarter because I think both of these teams are going to play well in the fourth quarter. Um, our friends at FanDuel have this as a three-point game. It was three and a half. Three and a half felt aggressive to me personally, but the over-under is 38 and a half. <laughs> so they're looking... They're looking at like a 2017 kind of game, 21-18 kind of game. Um, and I think that's right. The Packers, um, they allowed 24 to the Vikings, um, but otherwise, you know, they they held the, the Raiders under 20. 
the Broncos, like they have, they've done a pretty good job. You mentioned that points per game stat. Um, other than the Rams, no one has really been able to do uh, a lot of scoring on this team. I don't expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to be able to do it either. Um, I like the Packers to cover the three. I don't have a score prediction. I think the Steelers are probably going to win, but I won't be surprised if the Packers win is sort of how I feel about it. Like, I think this is a lot closer than a five and three versus three and five game because I think the five and three is a little, a little soft. Hey, listen, the Steelers, the Steelers, I think recognize they got out of some of those early games with some things that went in their favor, but they're not apologizing for it. You can't. I agree with you. You can't, you can't. And then that's, that's the, that's the game. That's the, that's the game right in the, in this time. But I look at I look at the at the Steelers right now, and I agree with you. These teams match up: young quarterback, defenses that have talent on them in different ways. This is going to be a game that goes down to the wire. And if it is, the Steelers have just been so good in those moments. Yeah. That's where I do give them that slight edge. But I'm right with you. Like I'm not saying the Steelers by by, by a whole lot here. I'm thinking it's going to come down to who makes the big play in the fourth quarter. Well, you know who commits the big turnover consistently this year. If there's one thing the Steelers have been Who's consistent, had the dumb penalty. It's it, it, right. The dumb penalties. Two of the most penalized teams in the league. So this is not uh, not great. Yeah, then that that could come back to bite them bite them as well. The Steelers, one of the least penalized teams in in the league, when when you look at it, I think that there's going to be uh, it, it's going to come down late. And it's going to be who's who's more clutch, but there's still so much that has to play out before that. If the Packers can get out in front and make the fourth quarter be be a much taller hill, that could be their key to keeping the Steelers off the board. We still have a lot to break down on our Friday episodes here on Locked On Steelers and Locked On Packers. All right, thanks to Chris for joining the show. Always great to talk with him. A lot of fun on that one. And I think the game is going to be a lot of fun too. Despite these offenses, this this game, yes, could be unwatchable for the first half. But it's probably going to have a thrilling finish. And one of the most thrilling games I have ever watched was when the Steelers and the Packers went at it back in 2009. The Packers lose on the final play. Ugh. But it was still one of the best games, the most fun games I have ever watched. Regular season, of course. Uh, back tomorrow, interview Friday, and then we're live on Sunday after the game. So follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like we will be on Sunday after the game, Go subscribe to us on YouTube so you can stay locked on Packers.